Welcome back to Episode 3, Season 2 of Retromancer, a podcast about two friends playing their favorite game, Netrunner. So this is the post-Midnight Sun Booster Packs episode, uh, episode, Stephen. Uh, so we've had like two weeks, had our fun with Phil, speculating what the cards were going to be, and now we've had some time to play them. So I think, I think this is the perfect episode to talk about the meta, because it's super hype. So it's been about two weeks. You've played a little bit. I've played a little bit. You've probably actually played a ton that you didn't tell me about. How's it been going? I have, I have been playing a lot, uh, especially some of my favorite playstyles. I've just been kind of going really into the uh, the corp side of the deck building right now, making lots of different corp decks. I had some fun ideas with Vladibrisk Grid. Vladisibirsk. Vladisibirsk. Vladigrid. I had a lot of fun with Vladigrid. I didn't do as well with those decks, but it still was a lot of fun to theorize and try some different wild, janky things. I think my favorite deck there was attempting to make orbital superiority good oh uh, yes because you because oh, we because yeah. we we figured out like a double tap version of it right where you like penta advance of ladisi beersk and bluff and then double advance in orbital superiority and then on the runner's turn move to yes beginning of your turn score it give them a tag first action install one advance advance move two more score a second one now they're tagged you can do four meat damage yeah, and, and you know what? They just like the fire that server. They're like, I don't care about your Seerol Riders. <laughs> Burn it all down. You're like, well, that was a lot of resources, oh, and no. I got nothing. I've like, was, I've yeah. never had like the fire played on me yet. Oh, I've, I I've discarded it a lot to damage. <laughs> Everybody's That's, packing, yeah. nobody's using. Oh man, well you haven't been singed yet, but you will. You will be burned. The time <laughs> will come. All right. So how many decks? How many decks have you made since the pack came out? Like twelve. Oh, I have confessions to make. I made 12 Hiobu decks. <laughs> I made a lot more, but... <laughs> I made 12 iterations of one deck. Wowza, that's pretty yeah. good. All right, so I guess there's... We have a, we have a lot of, of material I guess we can cover. So maybe, uh, maybe what we ought to do is just uh, go through them. Uh, go through the cards one at a time. Uh, and and see what we got. So, do we want to do runner or corp first? Oh well, let's do corp first. That's All right, probably a great idea. All right, so let's start with Vladisi Birsk Grid, and I'll go first because you probably did more than me. Um, so I had two major decks that I tried with Vladisi Birsk. I did a because because we built it. <clears throat> is that the one where it gets you a credits when you advance a card for the first time? Yeah, the Wayland. The way that I do, yeah. I did that one. Uh, and that actually has got a pretty cool synergy with Ladisi Birsk because you uh, you get your money back for putting that first credit on Ladisi Birsk and then you uh, move the counter off when you, win, when you go and score an agenda. And then you go ahead and uh, basically it like funds your Ladisi Birsk in a pretty powerful way, which is cool. So that's a pretty obvious synergy. Um, and I mean, I don't know. It, it felt quite strong. I felt like the deck wasn't good for, I don't know, maybe other reasons. Like, it just felt like I installed Validity Beersk and then I, like, advanced it, and then runners just ran and trashed it, and they could afford to do so. And if I ask myself why, 
it's like, oh, well, I guess the rest of the deck was either too slow or not taxing enough or runner decks are overpowered. I don't really know. But I, w I wasn't really able to get like multiple triggers off of the Vladisi Birsk. I mean, like maybe that's fine, right? Like the fact that you can fast advance a four pointer or get an Atlas with a counter is good in Wayland. Yeah. You've got Oak Oaktown Renovation, which is amazing. Uh, and you still get the trigger on, well, I guess you kind of net an even on the on the Oaktown renovation. But you get that first advancement, which gets you, like, what, three credits? Then you advance it again, then you move two four over. with your ID, because you get two from the Oaktown and then two from the you first net, hand, You so. net three. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's like clicking for three, which is, I mean, yeah. sick. Uh, and then you move two over, so you kind of don't get those extras. But, I mean, that's still pretty good. If I was going fast enough, it felt okay. Um, and then if the runner pays for it to trash it, I mean, that's great. It just, it's a kind of weird, like, I feel like I still, even now, don't really understand the tempo of uh, of the startup format, like, perfectly well yet. So, it is what it is. The other deck I tried was I tried a uh, Earth Station deck with Vladisi Beers, because I'm like, yeah, I'll just uh, either never advance. Well, no, I'll just, uh, I'll just always install double advance on this server, and it'll just be super duper taxing. And it was okay. Uh, didn't we try like one with traps or something like that too? I don't remember. That was like a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we were doing it right uh, when it first came out. I actually, my one thought about Earth Station that was hard was that you can't install Advanced Vance and flip your ID if they've already flipped your ID back. So that was, I think, one of the problems with it. Like sometimes you ran into issues where I don't want to flip, but I can't make this. That's a good Super point. Super threatening. Yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like of, of the of the decks I've experimented with, that was probably the weakest. Um, and seamless launch is way better, right? Or hedge fund flip install, and then you you know score out with a seamless launch. I feel like that's way stronger. Yeah. And also, like it, you know, this is gonna sound really weird, but I feel like I feel like Vladisi Birsk is like really expensive, and like that's yeah. what's holding it back. I, I mean, and it's possible, right? If it's an economic issue, then like. That's like the one thing that gets better as your deck gets better, right? Uh, is you understand timing better and 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 things that felt like they weren't worth it money-wise sometimes do become that way. So maybe that will be what happens. But like, man, that cost is just so high, you know? Like you yep. install advance, advance, and then the runner runs and trashes it. And it's like not one of those things where it's like a sand sand, you know, where they paid five and you paid nothing. It's like, no, you still paid four effectively, uh, opportunity cost of two plus two actual real credits. Uh, and then they paid, you know, four. So it's like an even trade. And that's much worse than Sand Sand. At least the Sand Sand, you can wait to pay the money until you get some value out of it. Yeah, it, you know, B4 influence is, I think, a huge part too, because in Wayland, especially, if they see that you have a Vladdy Grid, they're going to be like, well, that really limits the other cards you could be putting, putting in there, especially if you're running two or three Spin Doctors. Mm -hmm. So... If you have two Vladdy Grids and two or three Spin Doctors, that's almost everything. So you lose a little bit of a surprise. I think some of the community members found that it was still better to uh, Trick of Light than actually use the Vladdy Grid. Because then you kind of were keeping your influence hidden till it was time to score. They both lose to Clot still, but you could build, a, like build up your ice, build up your defenses instead of just... Uh, putting it on the Vladigrid that could be trashed. Yeah, and agreed. I think the one of the 
more successful built to last decks I've seen at like the uh, in like your Sangren's uh, startup tournaments was this one BTL deck that just installed advanced advance a ton of different cards. And mm-hmm. if you have Vladdy Grids, you can't run those other traps. So there's like that's another trade off that you're sacrificing things like Cerebral or yep. things like uh, Urtica. So there's trade offs there. So we actually, I forgot that the that the very first deck we tried, it was actually specifically built to last with Lydia Sibirsk and Azef yes, and yeah. Neurospike. That was the combo. Yeah. So we were trying to combo Azef with the Neurospike, uh, which is really interesting. I guess we could talk about Azef uh, <clears throat> a, a, a little bit later. but uh, And then I actually did try an NBN deck. So, I mean, it's really expensive on influence, so... We had another idea where we tried GameNet, so basically like yes. a Glacier NBN deck with Validity Sibirsk, and then using Kakarembo to reinstall the Validity Sibirsk as a triple uh, with two advancements already on it, which is actually a really cool high-pressure play. So <clears throat> Kakarembo is a triple that costs two, Jinteki, yeah. and it's uh, three influence, and it says it's a triple... Trash any number of cards from HQ, install a card from Archives. Oh, sorry, flip all the cards in Archives face down, yeah. whatever. Install a card from Archives and place two advancements on it. So it uh, it costs you three clicks, two credits. That's the same as Advance, Advance, uh, Install, Advance, Advance. It's a tempo neutral event, yeah. but it recurs your Vladdy Grid or an Agenda. Um, So that was pretty spicy, uh, especially in a game net deck. So you got all the cool game net stuff. You got gold farmer f2p pop-up toll booth and i really liked that actually that was the first nbn deck in all of startup that i really enjoyed playing actually yeah the uh the jiteki event was a lot of fun i kind of deviated from you a little bit with my game net i meant went more to like installing a lot of stuff and having putative as my idea which yeah. because of the influence i couldn't run that uh Kakarembo anymore but it was still a cool idea i like that where they run they spend money you get money and then you just bring it right back and if they don't go back in and give you more money to trash that card again suddenly your scoring lines uh, back online so you're using uh basically like bologna punitive right yeah, yeah. do you feel My like version. flatty grid helps that at all or did it just turn into basically the the good stuff nbn that's just running punitive with three pointers I think the idea was just I had so many things I could install advance advance like I had uh, I see. You could re- reversed a, accounts off a five three yeah Belodas you had um, the Vladdy grid you could do things like install advance advance they don't run it you then install another card and then if it's if they don't run that you could flip and move the tokens onto a Beloda then score the Beloda so you still had ways to score five threes in that deck also if they run it they have enough money to trash a Belona or steal a Belona and trash your Vladdy Grid. That's nine credits at least, plus what they cost to get in there. So right. hopefully that's a really big swing. I really had a lot of fun with the reversed accounts play. Sometimes they'd ignore it. You can move tokens off your Vladdy Grid onto reversed. And, I feel like, I feel like yeah. reversed accounts is actually already an insanely good card in startup yeah. right now. Not a lot of people are playing it, but like with how strong the runner economy is, but like the whole Rizeki thing, it yeah. kind of like it kind of like pushes back on the Rizeki. Like they have to fight for memory space, but they get this huge long-term econ, and then you get like a reverse, and especially if you can get a sneaky reverse with like a with like a Vlad- Vladdy Grid for twelve, 
yeah. you kind of protect your Vladi grid with the with the reverse, which is really really cool. Um, and also that's a great combo with Kakarembo. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're like I brought it back. Reinstall your reverse accounts with two two actions on it. That's super good. Yeah. So what They're, else? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Uh, I think my the funnest thing I thought of was you could trash with Kakarembo at Agenda into your Vladi grid with two tokens on it and then move two tokens from the Vladi grid onto the 4-2 and score before they could clot you. But that was like super weird edge case rule. Oh. Yeah, that, that was the only really tricky thing I thought because you had ways to fast advance a 4-2 before they could even clot. That oh was the goodness. only weird trick that that deck had. That's ridiculous. All right, did you have any? Did you have any other cool ideas that we did with Body Grid that I don't remember? Oh, I think that about covers it. I think GameNet and uh, Reality Plus were both fun, but uh, I think the your version of the GameNet might have done a little bit better than my putative list. Um, the hardest thing, the hardest thing was I had to kind of figure out the 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 economy of GameNet because uh, the original decks didn't have enough money, and even though you get money from the runner running, like you need to give them a reason to run, and if you exactly. don't have any money yeah. to begin with, then they don't care. So I needed yep. to like front load the econ to get the quote drip econ from the runner running, and then the yeah. whole thing started working a lot more smoothly. Okay, fifteen seconds. So, like, what, what what's your kind of takeaway on Vladdy Grid? Like, how do you feel now compared to how you felt, uh, you know, when when it was when we talked about it? You know, I I think it still has the the ability to score four twos. So, depending on what cool four advancement, you know, two point agendas come out in Midnight Sun, it could be amazing. It could like if we have more impactful agendas that we need ways to score quickly, it could get better. But I I in the current meta with Ashes and, and uh, System Gateway update and this this booster pack, I felt like it's not as great as it could be. I don't know yeah. what about you. I, I'm definitely less hype about it than I was. I got to try a lot of my ideas. It always just felt like it was like really expensive and there's already a lot of great tools for scoring four twos. But I mean, I feel like if we could figure out the economy, maybe it'll be pretty good. I don't really know. I don't know. Less hype than I was, that's for sure. Yes. Okay. So you've cooled <laughs> a little bit on that cool, one. Cooled a little bit on that. Yeah. I'm cooling, Steven. All <laughs> right. Hey, it is it is about the you know the North Pole. So that, that's actually probably one of the cards we've maybe experimented with the most, actually. So I guess it's fair that we talked a little bit extra on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did try a lot of different that was the decks you and I were trying right at the beginning, right, right when the booster pack came out. All right, so Azef. What do you got? You know, actually, uh, one of our friends, uh, Kenny, has been playing an Azef deck that I think if he fine-tunes it, could be really scary, where he's just running super cheap ice, uh, Malapert grid, slam out Azefs. He's got that one Wayland card that's the lockdown that you take meat damage if a server's protected by ice sure. to meat damage. So he's just like tempoing you with right. Azef hits that lockdown. He's, he's got... Uh, and he's running Clearing hostels, hostile infrastructure. Yes. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he's kind of all over the place with that deck, but um, it did kind of make me realize that like Azef is like kind of okay. It's like a tempo card, right? So you're running yep. like Snare Wayland. Malapert helps a lot. A ton. Yeah. Uh, and then like you're scoring the uh, you're scoring the Azef, and it's just you know you might snipe a key card from the runner, or you might just make them a little bit more scared of your snares. Yeah. Uh, and that's that kind of all adds up, you know, when in a tempo deck at least. 
it was more valuable in the normal case than yes. I expected. I guess actually in our episode, I went like crazy over it, didn't I? I was like, that, that, this is a 3-2 and it even has an ability. Blah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's I still think it's going to be good. Like, I, 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 well, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's better just as a normal card than I expected it was going to be. And then the combo, the only combo that I tried with Azef was Neurospike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the combo there is Azef with Malapert Data Vault. And then you score the Azef, and then that triggers the Malapert, which you then use to draw your Neurospike out of your deck. And then, uh, and then, I mean, and uh, is that a region? Is that a region? It's not, is it? It's not a region. So I think we tried that with. Uh, yeah, Vladdy Grid. So you have the Malapert yes. plus the Vladdy Grid, and then you uh, install, advance, move the counters with Vladdy Grid, score the agenda. You still have one click left because you've only install advanced. Then that yep. triggers Malapert. You draw the Neurospike, and then you play Neurospike for two damage. Uh, and you get that sneaky Azef four damage kill. I mean, that's that's very spicy. I That's a yeah. dream that should continue we need to make that work, I think. Yeah, I, I think that was the more interesting one and, and a use for it. And I, I really like Malapert with Hostels. I mean, that's a, like, you're just like, install, advance, advance, True. score, find the next card. It's almost like you have extra atlases that have counters on them. They make you money even. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm always super scared to play Hostel Takeover in Startup because I'm like, do these runners really need more free money? I mean... That's like another Rizeki, you know? This runner has five Rizekis. <laughs> yes. Every run, he's got a free credit. But actually, I think, I think that's a bit counterintuitive because the idea behind Hostile Takeover is that you get to win the game before their Rizekis start producing value. So they actually get less value out of their Rizeki is yep. the idea. So like, I need to like invert my thinking about that a little bit. And with Built to Last, you do make even more money in theory from your you know hostels because you're your your id you know you're oh, you're getting the yeah, free econ to advance it so you're so you know like a standard wayland back in the day has to spend those two credits just to score seven money so they only got five right but built to last is is getting more you know bang for their buck sure so and then the idea behind the clearinghouse is that um you can actually uh, kill the runner if you install advance advance the clearinghouse and then have a two advancements on a validisi beersk because well you can you can kill them it does four damage you can kill them with like a, a snare i mean it's a ridiculous combo to combo off of a snare it requires a ton of setup and you're probably going to die to light the fire but you know i mean if you've got them locked out of the server i feel like the validisi beersk at least gives you one turn faster on the clearinghouse kill uh, where you install advance advance and the next turn you can yeah. advance what three times and then and then move the counters over on the runner's turn for seven damage or something yeah i mean i think i felt like that was the one harder use of it like it also really telegraphs you're like why are there two advanced cards in this server why did he not score them that server needs to die that's, got, that's gotta be like a <laughs> Oh, and, and Light the Fire avoids traps. Oh, that's so tragic. Yes, yes. All right, so, all right. <laughs> that, and, you know, it also nullifies a lot of defensive upgrades. So we'll get into that later. <laughs> all right. So uh, 
I'm I'm actually becoming I'm becoming quite a big fan of Azef. I I mean I think that cost of trashing a card is so high. And I mean I I'm just waiting for the day where I literally could win, but then I can't because I don't have a card to trash. Well, you know, and that's the other thing about Malapert. It only costs one to res, and if it's gotten you one or two cards and you just trash it with your third or final agenda score, it's it's still served its purpose. And also, you could totally trash, you know, a spin doctor that you use to just keep rushing. So there are cards you could trash that had no downside in theory. Like, you're not making yourself weaker by trashing your own spin doctor if you've been rushing out. If Wayland... I'm kind of worried that if Wayland now has seven 3-2 agendas that they can put in a deck, which is 14 points, that they can just straight up fast advance. I mean... Are we concerned that, like, maybe the best way to do this is just with Sansan? Actually, I think that Sansan might be the best way. And it, and Malapert will stack with it, so you can just keep rushing out. Oh my gosh. Um, Wowza. It's the new Titan. That's and, pretty sick. And if you're only spending, you know, two advancements, you're not actually losing money when you're scoring any of these agendas. Because you're, you know, install wow, advanced. Oh, interesting. Uh, advanced. You, you basically are net zero that you score other than time, other than clicks. So. Have we tried Malapert um, with uh, 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 Anoetic yet? We haven't. Wow. Yeah. Gonna have to put that one in the book for later. Okay, all right. Save that one. Save that oh, one. Oh, man. That seems pretty good. All right. Yeah. I'm pleased. Okay, so I'm pleased with Azef. How do you feel about it? I, I've liked it. I think, you know... Especially right now, it's very refreshing for Wayland to have kind of be the rushiest of the factions with all the the small agendas that they can score out. I think that makes it ups the speed they could go a lot higher, which I think maybe there's a there's a few runners like uh, Hoshiko that spend a lot of time, well, not maybe not a ton of time, but an, enough time setting up that this deck is like, well, maybe this inevitable force I could win before it gets built up. Mm, yeah and having that maybe get figured out in the meta will cause the win rate of hoshiko to go down a little bit because she, i think she's one of the stronger runners out there i think uh i think she's pretty good i that's true she's pretty good i guess next uh let's do the one i hype on anemone anemone all right so now i went back and listened to our good old buddies phil and Eric on the shadow net, and they seemed yeah. to not be enthused about Anemone. And now I, I don't even remember how I felt. Was I did I think Anemone was good or bad? I could be wrong, but I thought you thought it was good. Uh, man, I love looking. I love making bold predictions with like you know very little evidence, <laughs> because then I can look back and and like see how wrong I was. I, that's really fun for me. Actually, I think it's. Uh, I, I remember seeing Leela, and I'm like, this character's bad, and then just like. Leela was actually just super good and I was like wow there's yeah. there's still some magic to this world where you yes. know can't just be like a a dried up old power gamer you know and be like I know everything that's gonna happen in the next six years of this game design and it's all predictable and boring you know like I like I like discovering that I'm wrong it's super it's super exciting for me so you I thought like surprises. I like surprises so I yeah. thought anemone was good that's great because uh I actually don't think it's very good now 
it's just, changed. Uh, I mean, I haven't really played it that much. It's really funny because uh, it just like it just. I mean, I don't. I haven't really. I haven't played with it at all. So you've played with it. Tell me what your thoughts are. You played with it a lot. Now, yeah. Stephen, I need you to exclude. Actually, no, no, no. Let's not. I want to divide this into two sections. Yes. Section. Let's talk about section one, where people just die to an enemy because they run it, and then you just win the game. Because that happens, I think, a lot, given the text messages you've been sending me. And then after that, we can talk about people who are aware that Anemone is a card and just yeah. don't don't just die to it. So how like how often are you getting kills on people where they're just running it and dying? I think it's just generally people thinking they burned you down low on credits or you're forcing them into a situation where they have to rush. I, I feel yeah. like the the most successful anemone kills I've gotten are when I just throw it on archives and they're like, if I I have to get in this remote, I'll dirty laundry archives. He's only got three money was my one example. And I had a, a server with a, I think it was a palisade and an anaweetic and an agenda. So they were like, he can only stop me once if I get this dirty mo- uh, laundry money and I probably then can run it twice. So mm. the person rushed archives and then i was able to flip uh and they were short on credits so my enemy killed them they couldn't break the sub on it and then take two damage so they took three they died <laughs> oh because they use all their money on an enemy i'm well, sorry on they, dirty laundry yes they used dirty laundry they had one credit and they were one credit short with their begulter uh oh no i think okay so th- i mean there's a credible thing where people look the the number yes. for Gentechi. The number is four. Yes. So they go, ah, if he has less than four credits, I can run. So like, I think it's very funny if Anemone had cost four, even if it did more, it would be terrible because that's the number that people look for. So the fact that it costs three is definitely contributing to this, which is pretty amusing. You know, Ed, I think there's also building off of the... Maybe I'm jumping into the second half. The other, the other fun thing you could do. You just with, jump. We can go into the second half now. Oh no, no, no! I, there's one more. Do you have? Mo- oh, tell me <laughs> another thing about you. There's so, another story. Oh god. The an enemy you could make your head better. So there's a few games where just for the nature of the game, I was playing a more kill version of my deck, which I've since deviated back to more of a rush version. Where if you have an ed- an enemy guarding your hand, you've got a snare in your hand. You can discard a card that's not there. If you have seven credits, there's a pretty, you know, you've increased your odds significantly that they'll hit the snare. Same if you have Flower Sturman and a snare at hand and they run RD and you happen to have an enemy guarding your RD, you know, you're like, take two. Do you wish to continue? If they have, you know, only two cards and they let you move that snare over, they're going to die. That was more of the kill version of the deck. So that was more of what I was hoping to have happen. You know, it, that was the exception to the rule. Often people are don't let you get those. I mean, that's pretty hugs. that's pretty yeah. good though. And it works with like I think that's like a complete synergy, right? Is the idea that you you don't have a lot of cards in hand because you're playing for tempo. So you're like playing your cards as fast as you can, which forces the runner. They're like, I gotta go fast too. Uh yep. so then they run and then you dump an agenda out of your hand. And that like trashing an agenda for a potential kill is like one of the most authentic netrunner plays that you can make so much of the game has been like 
played around that that type of move is like very rarely good but uh one of the things that's nice about startup is is that like you know there's not eight million different things you can do to compensate for a situation like that and so making a play like that is actually still quite good and then the fact that you're discarding an agenda aside, like the value is, is that you increase the density of the snares in your hand, you know, so that it goes from like, you know, to 100% or something like that. I mean, if, yeah. I mean, if I run, all right, here's something sneaky. If I run HQ and the corp has two cards and there is an enemy and trash one of them, I'm probably not going to access that last card. You're going to check out. I'm right? going to check out. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It's the double bluff. You're like, I, so no, it, would, it would totally work as a bluff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Against me, it would work as a bluff against me. But uh, I don't know if I would do that against other. I would expect other people to just access and die. Well, it was more of like, okay, now I have three cards left. So the odds of you hitting a snare went from like, you know, one and four to one and three, which yeah, I is mean, that's a awesome. little bit better. I mean, especially with uh, especially with uh, everybody running Docklands. And personal evolution is like wonderful. And if you hit the agenda, oh, it was Sting. I'm sorry you died. <laughs> like, so there are other. So have you tested ways... it in Personal Evolution? I didn't test it in Personal Evolution. But you I tested think it, it would... only in only in Tempo Tempo Scrying Jinteki. Yes. Hyobu. Yeah. I and I guess uh, building off of the second point we were going to get to with Azef, sometimes damage is just you knock out key cards, you slow them down. So if I'm trying to go That's fast credible. and you're trying to score out fast bees are trying to stop me sometimes sniping those two cards it slows them down just enough that you might be able to score an agenda maybe they do steal an agenda but then they have to spend a turn drawing up just to be oh, safe man. because that other face down jet that other face down ice could be another anemone so, so there's like i gotta i gotta like i gotta say that like startup is like kind of amazing it's super good i love um it. you know how like you know how, like, when we were playing core set Netrunner, mm -hmm. like, sometimes a net damage would snipe a runner's key breaker, and yeah. then there was just no recourse. And then it was like, they had to win off of, like, R&D runs, which they could totally do. And, like, that felt so good for everyone, you know? It yep. was like, oh, no, I can't do this thing now. And then the corpse like, that's awesome for me. And the runner's like, okay, I have limited options. So now I have to do this other thing. And there's this like mind game. But like the fact that just like damage, random damage was sometimes really, really valuable. Yeah. It, it was, it felt so good. And startup really captures that. Uh, even the best decks in startup right now don't have like a lot of recursion, especially on their breakers. And that's probably a little bit greedy for runners, but like that's awesome. That feels so good to have like this this sort of like that the, those original netrunner feelings still very much alive in startup. Like that's very impressive. On the flip side, with some of my experiences, because of the Piranha Personal Evolution deck, I felt like I kept running into people running Buffer Driver. Sometimes you'd <laughs> snipe a card, they'd be like, "It's on top of my deck." I just drew it again and played it. Like so, there were a few times where I was like, oh, "This anemone." kind of pressure play isn't actually working that they much. have to sacrifice the buffer driver to do that right they do but it's it's essentially there like to help anarch uh or help anyone prevent damage you know because you the first card you trash or wow, you multiple cards card. trash you can save them but yeah it was uh it's been kind of wild i 
I'm I think I'm more up on a and it's also th- only three to res. So it's an easy early game ice to, you know, anemone. whack someone with. Yeah, anemone. Azef protocol. Buffer driver. Yes. Wait, what card are we talking about? I bet anemone. Where Sorry. how did we get here? Buffer. Who are we? Buffer driver. Actually all three of those cards cost three. <laughs> yeah, they all cost three. Oh. <laughs> so anemone's pretty sick. Um I'm more up on it. I also I hate getting deep dived. So nothing is better than when they mm. like, oh, you've run HQ, R&D, you're running my archives. Oh, meaningful. here's the anemone. I've sniped the deep dive from your hand. So That's now pretty you meaningful. can't follow up. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that was why you started putting them on archives to begin with, right? Is you were like, okay, they can break this ice. Yep. There's nothing I can do about that. But I still have that guaranteed two net damage. Uh, and if they have to run archives to, to do deep dive, and they're generally only going to run archives to deep dive, the likelihood of me sniping deep dive with Anemone is actually quite high. Yeah, especially if they're on the whole game plan with Swift, because they have to play a run event to get that extra click. Oh, so unless oh, that's the, Yeah, so then they've gone from five cards to four. Yeah. Hey, you've got a 50% chance to hit the deep dive. That's pretty uh, awesome. That was fun. Oh, man. I miss being able to take cards physically out of people's hands when I did net damage. Like, that was amazing. And I haven't felt that in years. It's just Jinteki, right? You have to read through the text log really fast. It happens so quickly. Like, what did I say? Or this time, you know, there's the moment where they, like, they make the face. They're like, oh, no. Don't grab that card. (laughs) Don't grab that card. Oh, no. I miss playing games in real life. We will, we'll be back to that someday. So uh, so I think the thing, I guess my take, I haven't played with Anemone at all, but with the conversations I've had with you, I think the most valuable thing to keep in mind is that it's it's going to be most valuable as a tempo card. Yeah. Um, three credits for three damage is actually insanely good. Uh, it costs you a card, which sucks, but you know, maybe you have Subliminal. That actually fits very well into Hyobu already yeah, because does. your Subliminals gain you um two credits each so i mean subliminal is a great card there and then hyobu also we already know plays extremely well as a tempo deck um so i think anemone as a tempo card in that deck works extremely well and the thing about net damage is that like just general net damage is only a good strategy really if you're playing a tempo deck Um, and and decks that have tons of draw and money kind of counter that so I, I don't know, but I, I feel like it's I feel like it's got a really cool place. Three credits I, for three damage. Did I did I say that that was bad? I think I have to change my I think I have to change my take on that. Three credits for three damage is actually insane. Well, two guaranteed, which is oh, it, you're right. Like, all right, all right. It's balanced. Yeah. It's bad. You're right. It's bad. It's good. <laughs> it's it's but, a, a five out of ten. <laughs> yes, I I do think it's a whole different story if you're playing Personal Evolution. I played against a few Prada Personal Evolution decks that ran an Ebony, and when you're just like, oh, I'm minding my own business, oh, you just House of Dies me, I just took two more damage, <laughs> wait, you're up to how many tokens on there? Okay, I run that server, I hit, I take two more damage, <laughs> you cancel one. <laughs> There's some wild, terrible things that happen against that deck, or just even like a regular Personal Evolution deck, like, actually, there was that Double Barrel deck, could you imagine if there was a Nemity in that deck and you're playing the putative personal evolution deck with this like way to like ping people with two damage? 
Um, and they're like, do you want to steal this agenda now, buddy? Like, I'm going to kill you. Prana. Either way. Prana condenser. And you get two two counters on the prana condenser. Well, you get two if you if hit fires. them with the two guaranteed, and then they face check the one damage. Dude, prana is such a cool card. I love it's, that card. Yeah. What a fun card to play with. Oh, jeez. All right. So speaking of fun cards, Hakarl. Yeah. I haven't played uh, with it at all. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> the the only experience I had with it was playing in the Prada deck. I was trying to see if I could get surprise brain damage, and I felt like Goldfarber was probably better in that deck oh, uh, for the geez. same influence. Poor Shark. He's worse than a gold farmer. Oh, no. But I feel like, what was the deck you were wanting to play at that 1HBID? Was it Architects of Tomorrow? What? No. I don't remember this. Yeah. So I, I remember when we were theory crafting this, not on the show, one time you mentioned that, well, if they're running that server, you could res, uh, you know, you, you res the um, the Hakarl, and they, if they break the Hakarl, uh, well, they can't actually use the click ability to get through it, so you might just stop them. It's likely to end the run. You're not going to yeah. get an Architects of Tomorrow trigger off of it a lot of the time. True. All right. Scratch that. I This is the one I've got the least experience on, and it's just because I've been playing way less HP, but I, I'm sure someone will figure you something like out. You have 50 Jinteki decks. I have a lot. I, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Hakarl, we haven't played at all. But I mean, it's a shark with a fist, right? I went back and listened to our last episode, and that was that was the best part. Is it was it's got a it bites your brain and it punches you to end the run. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it does a little bit of both. And I I do think that there's that cool deresability, and I feel like especially once Midnight Sun itself is out with more cards, that there'll be some neat interactions with it. Gosh, where, HB is like so boring right now, aren't they? You're like you know, playing some weird yeah. mirror deck. Or you're playing AOT, which is also really weird and not exciting. Are there any exciting decks for HB right now? Well, I mean, there's the extremely powerful Precision Design deck that just... Oh, right. I forgot. That was actually the best deck in this format, isn't it? But, you know, Light the Fire might change that a little bit. Hey, we uh, should go back and play that again some more. We haven't... We went off in... Who even knows? Wayland Jinteki Land. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a powerful deck. I... I just think that the, it doesn't necessarily want Hakarl. Like, it wants other ice. Well, you I know think. what? Hakarl wants it, and it's good enough already, so I think it could be taken down a notch for the sake of the shark. All right. It's all about the shark. <laughs> you, now, take take your little brother shark with you. Precision yeah. Design's like, ah, he's so annoying. Want... Yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> bite some brains. It's fine. There was a janky deck that someone posted where they were flipping the uh, reduced service card back over to put more money on it, like re-res it later. Oh, reduced um, service is like, uh, it makes it more expensive to run a server? Yes, but it, it it's really situational because they can just run centrals and drain it, but their idea was... Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, you... You use the shark to flip it back down so it won't lose tokens. And then on the run that's really important, you it's called shark service by splash dash. Oh slap, my. sorry, shout slap out, dash. Shout out to slap dash. Yes. Shark service. Oh gosh. Yeah. That I mean that's that's a that's that's a name worthy of investing ten or twenty hours in, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Some Jake. But it what a but, hero. Yes. 
So I'll, I'll make sure to link that one in the show notes for under Hakarl. Shark service. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to have to go find a screenshot of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll share it with you later. Um, well, that concludes our investigation of the corpse side things. Did you want to, uh, what, what card do you want to look at first for runner? All right. Let's talk about revolver. That one should be pretty quick. Yeah. Click, click, bang. Uh, so, click, click, bang. All done. Revolver's pretty good. We're seeing it in a fair number of decks. I think the most interesting thing was it made Hushu better, which yeah. was already a really good deck. And yes. um, what were they running before as their breaker? Were they just running Bugalter? I feel like a lot of them were running Bugalter. They just had Rizekis or prepaid voice pads. And then other cards that cost two, like uh, Docklands Pass or... Yeah, so I mean... Easy MZs. It's just another... I mean, it's a super easy card to pop off with SMC. It's yep. another two-cost card for that already stacked situation where you're running where you're running a bunch of two-costers and you got your revolver, so now you're not afraid of anything, except for yeah. Anemone, of course. And then, you know, you Hushuk R&D... Uh, I think we I think we made that deck and then we tried it like two times and we we're like okay this is disgustingly good let's move on with our lives to something else. Yeah, I felt like that was a really fun uh, included shaper. Like it it was a criminal card, but it really had its home in shaper. I feel like if you are a criminal, you're probably still running Bagalta right now because you just don't have enough ways to trick out, or you're running Bagalter and a copy of Revolver maybe. Yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on, like, what do you need to break? Because the original idea was you throw down Revolver and that covers you for the early game until, yep. you know, from aggressive sentries uh, until you get your actual sentry breaker out. But, like, there, a lot of people aren't running, like, aggressive early game sentries, I guess. I don't know. Like, I guess we've got Drafter and we've got, I mean, Anemone. But, like, Anemone. it's not that big of a deal, honestly. I don't know. I, think, I, think, I hope that there's a yeah. card that comes out that, like, refreshes the bullets on revolvers so that way you can, like, throw it down early and then throw this mod on it later on and then it becomes, like, a a late-game icebreaker, basically. Oh, that'd be neat. Or it gets tokens back, maybe, when you break all the subs. Put a power token on this card. When you gun lasso. Yeah, gun lasso. Call back there. Uh, I think the another thing is it's, you know, when you run into that surprise Ansel or that surprise Archer, you're just kind of like, okay, I've got the secret weapon this one time. Those are probably the two biggest threats that this really, you know. True. You can, you can deal with both of those. And neither of them are like super early game cards that you really worry about. Yeah. So you you could make some aggressive plays. You could... Um, I Also, as long as Boomerang's around, if you're a criminal, <laughs> you're probably paying Boomerang over Revolver. I True. think this... With the, maybe when uh, Boo breaks out of the format, you, you're like, maybe I play the revolver that I could run. I'm okay. Yeah, and I mean, it, it prices out really nicely with Overclock, too. Yes. Well, so the Shapers got the gun. Speaking of, speaking of sh uh, Shapers and Criminals and stealing each other's cards, how's Deep Dive yeah. doing? Uh, it's fantastic. I feel like it's a great include in, like, Ken. <laughs> Got that extra, if, you know, uh, influence cap. You better spend it on something cool. Uh, so we've got the whole two deep dives. Uh, I think also Steve, because then you can get one back. Oh, yeah, you get deep a, dive back. Thing. I think maybe that was a thing I saw people doing in Standard, actually. Uh, but uh, so that gives you your third deep dive. Or, and this is a pretty, I think this actually speaks very nicely of the design of the card. Like I originally said that 
whole extra clickability on deep dive kind of allows the card to pull double duty on itself to compensate yeah. for its high influence cost. So basically it's like you got two deep dives yep. for the price of one. As long as you combo with it, well, guess what? Criminals have the card that combos really nicely with it. Um, it's not very easy to pull off. I think it it puts it to the point where it's like just good enough that even only having being able to afford two copies makes it okay you know oh yeah so we've got criminals basically using deep dive as uh as like two copies it's their r&d pressure card i think it fits very well into their playstyle, which is really cool especially considering they have sneak door and yeah, you know you sneak point. door in you run archives and then you run r&d and then you pop your deep dive and if you have swift uh, oh, yeah. then that means i guess you had to do something like Sneak door, dirty laundry archives, or sneak door run archives, overclock R&D. But there's a lot of options, and they all work really nicely with Ken. I haven't really found any decks that are working super well with it, but I mean, it, it's, it's a pretty cool include. And then on the other hand, we have Shapers, who are actually using it completely differently, which is really interesting, because they don't have to pay influence for it. And so they could, if they wanted to, include three copies. And I think the amazing so like we did a little bit of thinking about deep dive and like what's what's this card do and i realized it's kind of the first card in the game that is kind of like the keyhole situation where like you can just go super fast with it i mean you could win on like turn three or four with deep dive right like you can just be like if the corp decides to like double ice a remote server i don't know why they would do that against shaper but like you know whatever and you just go all right uh run hq run r&d run archives deep dive and then it shuffles archive it shuffles r&d so yep. next turn you can just deep dive again and get a whole new set of accesses and that's extremely powerful there's no other cards in the well i guess who should who shoot does that but you have to build for it right and deep dive you yes. do not you just have to run and and the thing is is it's easier to pull off earlier in the game because there's less ice stopping you and that's really really influential unlike unlike a lot of these cards which require i guess setup right conduit requires setup and hushuk requires setup right and deep dive you could just play naked like you don't need anything and the less stuff the less stuff you have the less stuff the corp probably has the better off you are right and uh and that's super awesome that's like that changes the game for shapers where they can play this like super rush early game aggression, run your centrals as quick as possible to get the deep dives off, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to build up a rig. You could just do the single access because you don't have the fifth click from Swift yet, or you, you maybe don't even have Swift. You're just like, Hey, I was able to run all three centrals. I'm going to access one card really early. The agenda density is still relatively high. Oh, look, I saw a great agenda. And then later, if you are playing Swift, you build up your rig, you find two more agendas, or you know maybe you find the one or two remaining agendas and win. So it, it, it's great late, it's good early. What's not to like? What's Except not to like? And the thing is, is I think it's important to note that um, if you do have that fifth click for whatever reason, like let's say you're playing Swift, Dirty Laundry, uh, Deep Dive is not a run event. So yep. you need to play another run event, which makes Anemone really good. And then let's say you happen to have two deep dives in hand. You play the first deep dive. You have one extra click. You look at all eight cards first. And, and you then you decide if you want to spend that extra click to access two instead of one. 
So let's say you look at seven or eight cards or whatever it is, and there's only one agenda, and you go, I'll just take one agenda, not spend my extra click on deep dive, and I'll just play another deep dive. And it's a whole new set of cards because you just shuffled RND. Like, that's crazy. That's so good. I mean, that's unlikely to happen early game, right? But. <laughs> and on the flip side, you could totally build a really aggressive RD pressure you know, deck that just builds up a massive rig. You Hushuk at one of your runs and you deep dive at the end game and you get to see, you know, fresh RD for that deep dive dig. So oh my. that's that's certainly that's certainly worth mentioning. If you play Hushuk as your RD run, you do not even you, you shuffle R and D so you, you you don't lose that access that, you know, is the same card you saw before. Yeah. Dang. You could do some really and I think it makes runners like Tau a little bit better because if you score an agenda, like let's say I run HQ with, you know, Jailbreak and I hit mm -hmm. an agenda, well, I could move one of the ice I know I could break for cheap on R&D or archives. And then that's my next server I hit so I could uh, deep dive. Yeah. So we built basically just a 100% gas Tau deck that is just, its whole goal is to just draw its deck as fast as possible play its cards as fast as possible, deep dive as fast as possible. No late game strategy at all. It's just... It just Only if deep you, dive. Well, if you, if you don't win in time, then you just lose. And it's pretty scary. It's not super refined yet. I, I'm pretty pleased with kind of the idea of where we were going with that. Yeah, I think that it, it just... If they run into any damage, that was the only downside. Like if like you hit an enemy or they res a score at Azef. Anemone is yeah. super good against deep yeah. dive. I totally that, agree with you. That was the only downside of that deck is if you if you take any incidental damage along the way or hit an Engram flush, which is probably the scariest thing early. True. You know, they just call events and you're like, well, there went my deep dive or there went my key event that I need to set up a deep dive later. Ah, uh, Engram is very good. No wonder you've been playing nothing but Jinteki. Uh, you are a smart man. <laughs> I don't know about smart. It's fun though. I've definitely it's definitely super fun. Do you feel like there could be an Anarch deep dive deck? Are we sleeping on this? No. No? Okay. <laughs> a dismissive no. Oh. I don't I don't know, dude. Like Anarch is in such a weird place, you know? They are so like just like they're five heading in their own world right now. You know, like they're good at what they do, but yeah. like what they do is very specific, very well defined. There's not a lot of room for variation. All their influence is spent. It's very important. I don't know. Maybe there's a place. I guess I could see it. I mean, Hoshiko has got gas. Yeah. I mean, she's she's. I mean, she's a fast runner. Yeah, she can be. So, but then Anarchs are fundamentally kind of slow, kind of late game. So, I feel like Deep Dive influenced Anarchs the least. I'm deeply impressed that it influenced Criminals and Shapers in different ways. Mm -hmm. that's super cool i don't know if it really is influencing anarchs that much yeah i see what you're saying i haven't and seen you any stargate it. right true yeah that's true that's a good point yeah yeah they don't really need it so what does that leave speaking of incidental damage that yes. leaves the last card light the fire i've seen light the fire in a couple games usually as the uh victim of incidental damage because the runner was holding it in hand never finding an opportunity to play it and then it dies to Azef. I actually did have one game where someone played it against me and it was quite good. 
because I was running Kayambe, and then you know they turned off my Kayambe, which was sad. Uh, oh. And I, I mean, it's 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 like it's weird because it's probably a good card, but like it's countering things that like nobody's playing right now. Like it counters the Anawitic Void main Garm whole thing. That's really cool. Counters Kayambe. It counters Vladdy traps. Yeah. But like nobody's doing any of that, so <laughs> it's not it's not super good. What it does do is it gives them brain damage, which makes your you know anemones better. That's Steven, true. Anemone just counters every single runner card right now, it does even not, revolver. Does not. <laughs> Revolver's like I spend my one bullet and shoot this anemone. <laughs> no, you have to pay two credits. Oh, they do have to boost, I guess. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty freaking good. You know, I have been the victim of uh, multiple light the fires. I think it's actually really good, but I've also been playing Anawitic Void, uh-huh. which it, that totally counters. I also have been playing Hyobu Precog Manifold, which they just say, oh, cool, Wait. I trashed everything in this remote, and I pay zero because the runner effects happen first. It counters Precog Manifold? Oh, that's dirty. Yes. That's so sad, Steven. Yes, it is. That, your deck is dead now. It's not. You Me say Mark II, man. Those Mark II tokens. You're like, oh my god, you're alive, Stephen. You're alive. <laughs> Only if I score that, though, because otherwise, that's oh, that's what no. what's happened is you don't see a Nisei say Mark II, and you're like, I have to score this agenda, or they win, and they're like, well, here's my light the fire. You're like, well, that that's it. You got me. It's over. Oh no! Didn't Phil say he tried light the fire one time, and then he got border controlled? <laughs> <laughs> that's like the startup oh, version of that exactly that's that's the the same thing oh um, my gosh i think it's strong i think it's a tech card in like maybe a criminal deck or a shaper deck you might probably run one copy in case you run up into the really remote centric precision design deck oh, but then oh. like are you gonna get it in time really i don't know i feel like it certainly is a race. You're probably going to mulligan for it if you're playing against Precision Design. I'd probably mulligan for it if I'm playing against most Jinteki decks, if I could find it, just to try to break the remote. You know, as long as you aren't tagged, you could always safely play it. It just, it's sitting there as a threat. When, I, when I've when i seen it early on the opponent's board, that also alters how you're going to play. For tags. Well, not, not, not for tags, I just mean as the corp. If they, if they haven't got to light the fire on their board, just waiting to be used... That's pretty, like, intimidating. You're like, well, my remote plan is a lot different than it was before. I guess it depends on how deeply invested you are into your remote. That's. I, I mean, if you're a fast events deck, you know, you don't care, right? It actually counters Sansan. It Maybe does. Sansan Wayland thing changed. All right, so to conclude here, what decks are you playing right now? Do you What, what decks do you think are the best given what we know about the status of the game right now? What's What, what kind of, what runner deck... And what corp deck are you, are you going to choose to play, do you think? Well, the the decks that certainly are, that I've run into is there's this really powerful Hoshiko deck. There's like two variants of it. It's it's running a few Light the Fires, but there's probably the Virus version of Hoshiko. Yeah. And there's also the Breaker version of Hoshiko that's running more of like a Stargate and a Rig and just trying to trash everything. It's got boomerangs for early pressure mm. with Light the Fire. There was a deck uh, that Cold Lava was playing that had chisels. That was the only virus they read. And the rest was all about just, I'm going to build up this rig, but I've got chisels and I've got boomerangs to kind of pressure you early as I'm assembling this monster rig to just make it so your ice means nothing. 
I've seen a couple flavors of that too, where I guess it, it's different. I've seen people using afterimage with leeches and then chisels with devil charm. And then yeah. the devil charm doubles as an emergency afterimage card. Like if you get an archer and you don't have enough leech counters and or tricks to Taka counters. But once you get two tricks to Taka counters, you can just bypass any sentry. So I'm actually, I think that's super cool. I'm really excited to see that afterimage kind of stealth Hoshiko deck. But I guess that's different than the, the virusless one. Because that one needs leech. So yeah, you think leech. that's... You think that's the best deck right now? Well, it's definitely the deck that was preying on me. Uh, uh, I see, I see, I see. And because with a, my uh, Yobu deck, I was running into a, against criminals with like the incidental chip damage of Anemone and some other cards, you end up sniping a lot of some of their tricks, like inside jobs with the damage right. or... Spare boobregs. So you're you're countering criminals right now. So you feel like anarchs are anarchs are the best because you because uh, you're hard countering the other factions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I also think there are some really powerful shaper decks too. I feel like some of the additions and meta changes have helped, like things like clot to counter fast advance. Not against the decks I'm playing, but they'll have it. So I think people are packing counters mm. to that Wayland fast advance deck. Oh. Which. Because I think people are playing the Wayland Fast Advance deck where they're just trying to really rush out all their agendas as fast as they can. And you have to have a clot. And then you have, if the Anarchs are liking it because they will just trash or discard the clot and then they've got a Sybil chip. And they don't care if they're going to trash the Botulus or the Chisel on that other remote if it's going to get them stop you from scoring that important agenda you need to keep r r rushing out so sure sure all right for my money i'm probably going with i'm not really i'm not really sure if i think criminals or or shapers are better right now but i definitely think shapers are cooler because i think deep dive is a super cool card and yeah. i think it opens up a completely different type of shaper play than has existed in startup before now because basically before now, the only thing Shapers had going for them was Rizeki and Hushuk, which are both powerful cards, but it really forces you into one specific style of play. And Deep Dive opens up this totally different, potentially early aggression, like prepaid, prepaid Hushuk, Deep Dive, super aggro Shaper, uh, maybe, or maybe you go into something a little later. Uh, I just feel like Deep Dive changes the game a lot for Shapers in a really cool way, so... It's probably what I'm going to be experimenting with because I think that's got a lot of potential. Yeah, I like that. What do you feel on the uh, corpse side? Are there any, what, what deck have you, or, or what deck are you looking forward to trying? All right. So I actually, I have the best deck in the format right now. All right. Hit me. What is it? For this time in the age. It's actually, I already made it like a month ago. It's actually oh, Earth really? Station. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Earth Station. <laughs> because you have Crecium. Which oh, counters yeah. Deep Dive. It yes. counters Hushuk. You've got this threatening remote play, which is very good against Light the Fire. If you're running the Vladisi Bisk version, it's probably weaker to Light the Fire. Okay. But if you do something like reversed accounts and like seamless launch, then, then it's super powerful. And I've actually gone back and revisited a little bit because I remember last time we were talking and I was like, you know what? Colossus gets countered by Botulus. Colossus gets countered by uh, uh, Boomerang. Ice Wall gets countered by these cards. All of my cards are bad. 
And then I realized that if I just put three magnets in my deck, I don't have to worry about Botulus at all because you you just put your Colossus down. And if well, and then the other thing is is that Creasium counters Boomerang, so it's like it, it does, yeah. So it's like if you put Magnus in your deck and you're putting Creasium in because you're already running Earth Station, like Creasium is countering. Now let's 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 uh, let's write up the list. Creasium counters Boomerang, Deep Dive, Hushuk. Uh, so Creasium is just like a super good card right now, I think. And then if you're running Earth Station, obviously you're running through Creasiums because it's disgustingly good in the ID. It's super, um, super and yeah. then, you know, you can put a lot of pressure on that remote. So I feel like I feel like that's super good. I don't know if I'm going to play Azef in it. I don't really know what kind of version I'm going to play. I mean, it's basically the same version that it was before. You run three Magnets. You've got Ice Wall, you've got Colossus, you've got Ashar, obviously. You maybe put some Winchesters in there. You put Cyberdeck Sandbox in to counter Anarchs. Yeah. You put Magnets in to counter Chisels. You put in Creasiums because you do, and they just happen to counter Boomerang, which is great. And you've got a really solid deck in this meta right now. So it's actually fun. really funny. I feel like I straight up could take the exact same deck I was playing before, and it would just literally be stronger right now. <laughs> interesting <laughs> because people are leaning more into things that creasium already counters which is really really amusing so i'm experimenting with that that's fun it, uh, is uh reverse something you're going to be adding in just to kind of maybe bait them into runs or oh man uh, reverse is such a strong card i think just i think in the game right now reversed is a really strong card because i mean obviously anarchs are kind of running this version where they don't pay anything but so in a lot of decks, maybe, you know, it doesn't really do that much, but especially in Earth Station, like if you have, if you have Creasium on HQ, then they have to have money, right? So like yeah. them running through your Afshars and breaking for free is meaningless because they still need money to trash the Creasium, meaning it makes that minus two effect on your Afshar more effective because them ignoring it is obviously a powerful way to get around it, right? If they just have zero money. That is very true. It you also have you're probably purging if you're running cyber decks so that sometimes those extra ib tokens that might have been really pressured they might be just purged away by yeah. your scoring anyway yeah and so that kind of forces them to have money and then let's say they go the opposite route they just try to get tons of money which is another way to do it and they get like rizekis and whatever y you can basically getting like a, a huge just reset on cash right where the runner's like i'm just going to commit to getting cash and then you go cool well just minus minus 12 whatever yeah. whatever how whatever you had like decks are built one of the things about Rizeki that i i don't i i like and i don't like is is that it's it's kind of infinite money so really that how much money that type of card is going to give the runner is based on how fast you are and so on the one hand reversed accounts counters big money decks but also Rizeki kind of counters reversed accounts because you spend all this time and energy firing off the reversed in the meanwhile they're just making more money because you're spending yeah. more time they're um, printing more money so that's something to consider but uh i think reversed accounts has potential uh and, and i'll probably be experimenting with it i think it can open up a big scoring window for earth station and that's that's what matters right and then that's already running kiyambe uh, which is counter by Light the Fire, unfortunately, but at least you have your ID ability to, you know, add insult to injury, uh, you know, so that they can't run a second time, I guess. And I also, uh, I remember watching one or two of your games where sometimes the right play is just not to flip, have an ice over the remote, and then you're just like, okay, well, you you poke my HQ, you just lost some money, and there's an F shot there, you lost two more money. Okay, now I've got a window, I'll flip now. 
Yeah. I put the Creasium on HQ. Go ahead. Yeah, the credit the credit tax on HQ is is pretty deeply meaningful. The number one kind of design problem I'm running into is is that I keep drawing all my HQ ice and then I feel bad installing them over R&D. Uh, cuz I don't want to waste an Ashar on R&D, but then what it's causing me to do is just straight up lose on R&D. I mean, I lost on R&D today, you know? Like the runner just only ran R&D and then they won the game. <laughs> interesting do you feel like you should add akets maybe or, or things like that that might be putting advancement tokens i do have on other cards oh you do have akets already yeah aket is uh is i mean it's just like if your kiyambes are firing off akets totally worth having and then the value of the colossus is that when the akats fire off when they're fully advanced it gives them something to put counters on but that's also why the eyes walls are really good true they're getting stronger too uh yeah it's actually really weird because when i'm running kiyambe i mean my eyes walls are getting huge um, <laughs> beefy like, ice walls and it's like weird because like runners despite all of the powerful tools to deal with it runners are still having kind of a hard time because one of them gets hard countered by magnet like super hard so much if they're like well they have to install botulus before the run starts unless they got your opponent which they can do and then you you know they install botulus they run you res the magnet, you pull the botulus off the cake yeah. and then you know chisel, chisel devil charm doesn't get in because it's like You've 10 strength a, already. A wall to wall on a Kiyambe double boosting it. <laughs> All right, Chisel, uh, Devil Charm, uh, beat my 12 strength ice wall. Yeah, luck, I, did, I did get it out of the range of, of the, the, ch- the Chisel Devil Charm once. It was really funny. They're like, oh. I was like, uh oh. I was like, wow, I didn't realize that that's how you would be dealing with this card. <laughs> All right, so what about you? What are you going to play right now for well, Corpse? I, I, I had a lot of fun. What do you at think is the best? The- What's the best? The best. Uh, or or just what you want to play, I guess. All right, you know. You're going to play well, something that you think is strong. I, I've been, uh, you know, I was scared off by Light the Fire for a while. And the counter to Light the Fire is you have to make them find Light the Fire and play it. So if you just <laughs> score out quickly in Jiteki and you're hitting them from damage every once in a while, it's like, all right, turn nine, I'm threatening to win. Are, are you going to... Have you found your Light the Fire? Have you not lost your Light the Fire to Engram Flushes? Oh, gosh. Okay, so there's, Engram like, just call flush. resource. If they're Anarch, call resource every time, because hopefully you snipe their Light the Fire. As or, a you know, other really great resources. Liberated Account, Paladin Poimu, yep. Daily Casts, Dream yeah. Net, uh, And sometimes you just hit it. You, you know, know, they take the, the they hit dealer. us there. Yeah, drug dealer. <laughs> go. Uh, but DZMZ, Paperwork yeah. Processor. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I think Wayland Fast Advance is actually my vote for maybe the more meta-defining card. Wow. It's, you didn't see any clots, really, or very few people packing clots, and now I feel like way more decks, if they have ways to trick them out, like Shaper and Anarch, they've got a clot if they've got Sybil Chip or SMC or something like that. Jeez. All right. So Wayland Fast Advance. So that's like San San Azef, is what you're saying? Or all trick the of, three Trick twos. of Light. Trick of Light. Yeah, that's the other one. Sand Sand, Trick of Light. I don't think people wow. are on Vladdy. That's yeah. so that's so classic. I'm like not I didn't even occur to me. Like I'm just like, ah, whatever. I don't know if I want to play that. That's so normal. That's so that's so five years ago, Steven. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, say I have two fast advanced tools. It's it's good because it's equal parts stealth and archery. Yeah. But I mean, with built to last, it kind of changes it because being able to score agendas. That's very cool. Yeah. I think the and, built to last bonus with Trick of Light yeah. is really fun. Yeah, install advance, Gosh. get two money, move the tokens over with your Trick of Light. 
That's pretty. Score. That's pretty. That's pretty spicy. I kind of like that. Maybe I'll have to play it. Yeah, I'm gonna make fun of it and play it at the same time. Yeah, duplicitous of me. Yes, and if you have Malapert, <laughs> you you know it. You basically could find your next trick of light. It's just like so much pressure on. Wow, them. it's new Titan. Yep. Turns out getting an extra credit for advancing a card is better than those two extra influence you would have gotten. I don't know. Influence <laughs> is really good sometimes. <laughs> People in their influence are like, guys, it's so good because plus two influence. You don't even know. You don't even know. Like, okay. All right. I do all have right. a problem with that. Yeah. I have to spend all the influence. You're like, Steve, just let it go. You don't have to spend the 15th influence. I'm like, I've got to find like, them. I like how we refactor your deck because they're like, well, you know what? This card's not pulling its weight, so we should remove it. You're like, what do we spend our influence on? I was like, it, yeah. it, don't worry about it, dude. Just put a hedge fund in. You're like, I, I, I can fit another combo in, I bet. <laughs> Just let it go. Let it go. Just let it go, Steve. Look, I promise you, before we're done today, we'll put something for the influence, but let's play a few games to see if it's working out right now. You're like, "Ah, all right, all right, all right. I'll just put a couple magnets in. All right, you're right. You're right. That's a credible argument, Nathan. I'll just put some magnets in in the meantime. Uh... That's right. Magnet, I feel like magnets, magnets might go too. I've got one or two influence. You're never going to be sad because you're either going to res it, maybe keep them out, Magdi is so good. It's really good. All right. Well, jeez, look at all that. That's a that's a lot of that's a big brain dump, Stephen. All right. Um, any last words we say before we before we get out of here? We're probably completely wrong. Don't take anything we say with a grain of salt. <laughs> don't take it with a grain of salt. Or, or do take it as I don't know. Take it with a grain of spice. Yeah. Take it with a grain of spice. That's right. Just a pinch. Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, who knows how it's going to shake out? Right. Everything is a reaction to everything you know it's a series of infinite reactions but uh that's that's how i'm feeling right now and uh and that's pretty fun just having an opinion at all i'm i'm excited about that yeah and and just the refresh of the booster it really the meta was feeling kind of salt and right now i feel like there's a lot of churn a lot of experimentation i love it yeah all right i'm i'm into it thanks a lot so thanks nisei for giving us some new spice and New toys, uh, yeah. we'll we'll have our complaints on your desk by monday <laughs> exactly all right everybody well thanks for listening all right thanks for dropping by everyone we'll see you all next time